and it's our pleasure to be joined by Diamondbacks pitching coach uh, Brent Strom, who sits down with us. Brent, thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Good morning. We got the uh, the news release uh, just moments ago that the D-backs National League Championship ring ceremony is March 29th. Are you a big... Uh, what size you wear, Brent? Yeah, are you a big show-off-the-hardware guy? Or? I, I have fat fingers. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm about a tw- I think I'm about a 12 and a half or 13. There you like go. That. There you go. Um, I've, like many, very, very optimistic about the potential of this pitching staff. Let's talk about a couple of members of this staff. What Merrill Kelly did in the postseason was filthy. I mean, he you talk about taking your reputation to another level. From a guy who has seen a lot of great pitching, how did you process what Merrill Kelly put out during the postseason last year? Well, you know, we, we uh, you know, there's no secret that uh, Zach struggled a little bit. You know, Gallon uh, and uh, fought, obviously picked it up, but Merrill Merrill uh, really stepped it up. He uh, he pitched to the game plan that uh, Dan Heron had uh, had talked to him a little bit about. He uh, attacked the zone. I think getting some early runs in some of the games helped a little bit, but uh, he's really come into his own. You know, he was a late bloomer, came over from Asia. Uh, talking to Tori yesterday, you know, when he first joined the organization here, I wasn't here. Uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, slow getting involved in the thing. wasn't really sure of himself what he what he had because this is a guy that was with Tampa Bay, didn't get to spend much time here, was kind of regulated out and had to go overseas to find his game. But he came back, uh, came back with a, a newfound energy and uh, his pitch ability, the ability to spin the ball is really exceptional. It's. Uh, you know, when I was at Houston, I had a couple guys, one Colin McHugh could really spin it. Uh, Merrill's right in that category. Wow. So I'm a big fan of of, uh, of spin, being able to uh, locate spin, be able to throw it for strikes, and then evacuate the zone. You mentioned uh, Zach Gallen's struggles, and, and he acknowledged his struggles at times during the postseason. What he did in his last out in Game 5 of the World Series was remarkable uh, in shutting down the Rangers for so long, couldn't get the offense going. How big do you think uh, a performance like that is for just the the, the mental aspect of Zach Gallen going into 2024? Well, you know, being our being our, uh, our our ace, you know, a lot of times you you look in the postseason and there's there's historical things about the aces being able to carry a team through a playoffs. He struggled early. I think I think really what happened with Zach is the last. 14 games of the season or so where where he really was in line to win the Cy Young Award. Uh, I think the uh, other organizations started to get a little feel for what he was doing, uh, his attack plan, and I think they took advantage of that. I think think what he's doing this spring is uh, in learning. He's he's developed a slider now, which he didn't have before. He's got more confidence in it. I think we'll, uh, we'll, I, I kidded him the other day, he went from fifth in the side to third in the side. If you do the ratio, he should win it this next yeah. year. Five, there you go. Five, five three, one. You know, those, those odd yeah. numbers, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Brandon Fott's obviously the the postseason performance, giving the team exactly what they needed in those real high leverage situations. That was a revelation, and it took a, quite a while to get that young man to that spot. A lot of work put into that young man, including work by himself. How, what did you have to overcome together with Brandon in terms of trusting his stuff, in terms of location, in terms of attacking hitters? How did you, how were you able to sculpt what we saw at the end of the year? Well, if you look at the look at the numbers, what he did up in Reno, I think he had 200 plus strikeouts, and was very fastball heavy, and that plays at the AAA level, especially when you have an elite command of the fastball. He brought that naturally, which we all want. I don't I don't want a guy who's successful in the minor leagues come to the big leagues and all of a sudden I tell him, hey, this kid's not going to work up here. He's got to find that himself. He's got to bring his game here, see what see how the hitters react. 
we, we changed his pitch mix. We moved him on the rubber a little bit to create some different angles, and that seemed to, to go. Because, you know, early it was uh, a lot of home runs, I think 24 home runs or so in 80 innings or something like that, which was unsustainable, at least for his success. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he changed his uh, approach. Uh, we, we, mixed, we mixed pitches a little bit differently, added the two-seamer, uh, started to attack the hitter in different ways rather than just being so fastball heavy because I know for one thing, been in this game a long time, major league hitters can hit a fastball. And yeah. so uh, yeah. the game has actually changed now where the fastball is utilized to uh, to get ahead in the count, get your foul balls, but it's spin and off speed now that it really plays at the big league level. All right, so when you go out for a mound visit when things might not be going well for one of your pitchers, um, who do you mess with? Who can you joke with? Who's in the worst <laughs> mood when you go for a mound visit? Well, the, the worst mood is the guys no longer with us, and that was Dallas Keuchel. I, I really <laughs> yeah. did not like going out. When, when I was with uh, with Houston, uh, AJ used to say, go out and talk to him, and I just said, do I really have to? You know, it was one of those things. So, because uh, right. really you know, have to? Yeah, he uh-huh. would uh, he'd kind of look at me with disdain, like, why are you out here? And, and there were times I would tell him that uh, I'm just out here to buy time to let your buddy get loose out in the bullpen because <laughs> you're coming out of the game, you know. And uh, so, but most of them are pretty good. You know, some of them, uh, they don't make eye contact. Some of them, they want to kind of feel uncomfortable. Others look me right in the eye, and we, we, we talk about things. Usually it's not a mechanical thing. It's, uh, it's a suggestion or it's a, uh, uh, you know, have you thought about possibly this guy's weak on this or weak on that, let's say, or it's just a positive thing. It's like yesterday we had the, the game over in Cleveland, and Morales was a young kid. He, he, he got wild. Uh, I went out to him, and I reminded him of a, of a previous hitter where he had thrown three great sliders, and with the bases loaded, he threw a good slider. So sometimes it's just mm-hmm. getting them back into a positive frame of mind, but it's a non-mechanical type of uh, trip. That's not Got the it. time and the place. Brent Strom, pitching coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Going back to what you talked about earlier, and, and specifically with Brandon Fott, we talked to Brandon last week, and he said one of his goals this year is he doesn't want to go back to Reno again. Um, <laughs> it, it, for... The young pitchers that do get sent down to AAA at Reno, which is such a, an extreme hitter's environment, how difficult does that make your evaluation on what guys are working on to try to get back to the major league? Well, level? you have to realize that I, I, I cut my teeth as a pitching coach in Albuquerque mm. with the Dodgers, and so we ran into the same thing. You know, San Antonio, which was a A franchise, uh, if you could hit in San Antonio with the Dodgers, you could hit in the big leagues. Steve Sachs. Uh, if you could pitch in, Al- in Albuquerque, Oral Hershiser, you could pitch in the big leagues. So uh, re- it serves Amarillo and, and, uh, and uh, Reno actually serves as a really a test ground for these guys, for their mental, their mental strength. Can they withstand what's going on? We try and let them realize that we're not looking at earn-run average. We're not looking at wins and losses. We're not looking at some of the peripheral things. We're looking at the real nitty-gritty, how you attack the zone. Are you getting ahead in the count? Are you are you evacuating the zone when you have the opportunity? Are you pitching inside? Things like that. That's the kind of stuff that we try and... So you're going to see some people get called up that have uh, six 5.5 ERAs and things like that. It just happens. Uh, and just for example, uh, one of our young guys, uh, Walston, who uh, pitched very well there, he needs to do some more additional work to get ready for the big leagues. Even though he had a successful season at Reno, I think he was seventh or so in ER, or he might have led the league in ERA or something like that. Uh, it, uh, there, there's peripheral numbers that we need to address. Yeah, we covered uh, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Eduardo Rodriguez, part of the uh, rotation now, along with Brandon Fott. And there seems to be a lot of interest and a lot of competition for that fifth rotation spot uh, with a lot of candidates there. How would you size it up this early in, in camp? 
Well, and, and they're probably listening on the radio right now, so I'm not going to really say much on that thing. I think, I think, uh, I think uh, obviously you're you're referring to Tommy Henry and uh, Ryan Nelson. You know, uh, these are two really good friends. They enjoy each other. They spend time with each other. Um, Brandon fought after his first inning he threw yesterday. Uh, he wanted to stay and watch Tommy Henry pitch, uh, which is which tells me a lot. And uh, so both of them are in competition for this thing, and uh, we'll we'll just see what the what the spring brings. Uh, obviously, both of them had uh, periods of really good success, and then some failures last year. So uh, it's uh, you know, and, and we, I don't want to forget some of the other people that are involved. Sacconi kind of is in the mix. Uh, we have a few other people, but. Uh, uh, I think we're in pretty good shape right now with the competition. Good deal. Brent, thanks so much yeah, for stopping you, by and sitting down with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I enjoy time. listening to you guys on the way in. 